Stanley Kaufman at the New Republic says, Crash is familiar enough that it slips easily into our film-watching faculty without any fuss. Yet, Haggis's handling of it, his muscular belief in what he is doing, makes us hope that his next screenplay will be a bit less safe. James Christopher at the Times UK says, The script is clever, the racial theme is worthy of Newsnight, and the editing just sublime. Thanks, Jake. Uh, real quick before we start, here's just a quick thing. Um, a disclaimer, a, if you Yeah, will. a solid disclaimer that Jake came up with. Um, I'm, a, I'm Abe. I am a white, middle-class male, or in the middle-class era. Actually, lower-class. I'm in San Diego, so what I make probably does not even put me in middle-class. Well, it's a weird thing, because globally, we are, like, so far into the upper class. One percent. Yeah, in terms of the world, yeah, we're in the uh, Jake is also a white, middle-class male. Um, so our concept of what this movie covers, we don't know. We, we like it's different. We have no justifiable way of speaking into the experience of any of the people in this movie. Uh, so we are going to be talking about it primarily from a uh, objective film standpoint. Yeah, I'll be talking about the feelings I had while I watched this movie. I will be talking about the scenes that I saw in this movie, the characters that I saw in this movie. And so it's going to be kind of my perspective, our perspective. This also gives way to, like, I don't want to hear any of the, like, super PC stuff. We understand fully that we can't comprehend what these characters have gone through, even in the real stance. Mm -hmm. With that understanding, we are either going to build this movie up or rip it apart based on what it does as a film, not as a, like, political scene. Yeah. So if you don't like it, I mean, tough, this is a podcast. But if you do like it, like, Mm -hmm. sweet, we're glad that you stayed in. Mm -hmm. Um, But we understand that this could be, especially in this time, like, a tough thing to talk about. Yep. Let's but, get into it. But yeah, so this is Abe. <laughs> and I'm Jake. Uh, and this is But What Do We Know? And we are talking about the movie Crash. It mm-hmm. came out in 2005. It has like a two-hour, five-minute runtime. It's, it's uh, like, this is a solid movie to do on a podcast because it is, like, there's so many different levels in it. Yep. And it, I it was, yeah, I, I remember watching it when I was younger I think I I talked about this just a little bit ago off, like, the recording, and it's just, I remember watching it when it first came out, and I was so, I don't know, like, it was an idol for me almost. I watched it all the time. This is the very first time I've seen this movie. That's what I like to hear. Solid. This yeah. is going to be a good conversation. Yes. All yes. right, want to give it a rating real quick? I do. Let's do it. All right, three, two, one, seven. Nine. All right, whatever. Get out. I'm done. I, can... I, don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I can understand how... Uh, fairly radical this movie was. Like, I feel like in this day and age, race... Is, and maybe I'm just more aware, but I feel like race is a topic that's in the zeitgeist. Like, we're saturated with that conversation. I feel like now it would get lost. Yeah. Like, then... Right. It, even though that was only, what, 14 years ago? That was 14 yeah, years ago? Oh! So, 14 oh. years ago, this movie... Um, even that short amount of time ago, like, still brought some crazy things to yeah. mind. Like, it brought things to the forefront, which I hadn't experienced as a kid. You know what types of movies I was watching when I was 15? Anime? It, like, Tomb Raider. 
the worst of the worst. <laughs> I still so remember that bad. PlayStation game. You'd fall between two rocks, and that was the end of the game because you couldn't jump high enough to get out. And you were like, "Well, okay. I guess I start over." Solid Delete game. Delete my Great save job, file. Sony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I know what Rotten Tomatoes had to say? What the Rotten Tomatoes rating is? I do. Is? I do. Okay, so interestingly, the uh, the critic review was 74% fresh and 88% of the audience liked this movie. Which is such a weird... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I ha- okay with it, but... Yeah, I have to say, and we'll get to this like at the end, I did not like this movie. Oh, weird. It was very good. I did not like watching this. Yeah. So I feel at my most comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Okay. In, like, high-stress, uncomfortable. And so watching a movie that makes me feel that way... Yeah. That's a solid movie for me. Can we... Okay, okay, I gotta be honest with you. I wrote down no names. I remember all the interactions. No names, because there's... uh, I want to say there's... Oh, there's so many different characters. Like, 20. Yeah. So... I wrote down the actors. My first note is Sandy B with an exclamation mark. Who's Sandy B? Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And she's like a character that's like a solid, typical white woman. Okay. Oh, nuts. First. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. First couple minutes. Yeah. Racist slurs start flying. Oh, my gosh. Not between (laughs) people. It's between the, not between who we would think. Right. So as, as a quick outline. I wrote down, like, who it was between. Okay. Because usually when we talk about racism, it's, like, white people and black people. Okay. Right? Not so in this movie. Yeah. Opening scene. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't even... Okay, whatever. It's an Asian woman and a Mexican woman or a... What does she say later on? She's Guatemalan. Oh, I don't know, because the black cop makes a, a hyper-racist comment. He's like, hey, if you're south of the border, you're all the same to me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it's uh, black versus white, and then white versus Mexican, yeah. and white versus uh, another Latin culture. And then it's just like, it. what I love about this movie is it goes far beyond the constant, perpetual, like, uh, race. White versus white. black. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Everyone is kind of involved in this conversation. Yeah, my like seventh note is just because I, I had no context for this. I haven't read any reviews before watching yeah. it. And so I'm trying to put like pieces together as I'm going. Um, and I'm just like trying to get like the people who are in it. So I have Sandy B. Uh, the opener for this is very early 2000s, like painfully so. The like all the lights. Yeah. Ugh. No, I'm not a fan of the early 2000s aesthetic, but we'll all get right. to that. Uh, Michael Pena playing Michael Pena, probably, is one of my notes. That's for sure who he's playing. exactly (laughs) who he is. Uh, Don Cheadle, very dramatic. Playing Don Cheadle. (laughs) Playing Don Cheadle. Yeah. Law and Order Lady, his girlfriend. That's not Mariska Hargitay. This woman... That was not Mariska Hargitay. I would have known off of the fact that they called her Mexican and been like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, she's not... That's not her. Wait, are you serious? 100%. Well, I refer to her as Law and Order Lady throughout my notes, so I'm just wrong. We're going to know who you're talking about. Uh Uh-huh. Lady number two. Mm -hmm. We're going to call her Lady number two from now on. Okay. Um, Oh, I wrote coroner. Bad sign at the the first accident. Uh, Stereotypical a-hole, some guy. And then I wrote, oh... A race movie. That's when the pe- I put the pieces together, uh, when the racial slurs start flying. Can we talk about flying. something real quick? Yeah. Within the first couple... Okay, so 
for the record, literally, that's what we're here for. Yeah, a race war? <laughs> no, no, you oh. saying, can we can talk we about that? <laughs> that's what we're doing. Can we talk about why my favorite thing in there was like, oh, we're here for a race war? Weird. Uh, like, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, that's a weird that's thing. That's not what we're um, here for. So this movie, this hey. is the best way to break up the movie. It okay. is individual scenes of specific racism that eventually all tie together. Yeah. And so, and they are so seamless and beautiful in how they tie it together. Although there are a couple parts where I'm like, that's just, you're like lazy writing, but I'll take it. So the one that bothers me the most, Uh I think we should just dive into it. Sure. Ludacris is in this movie. One, he's an okay actor, I guess. He didn't hit his okay acting until the end of the Fast and the Furious thing. You can't see, but while Abe said all of that, I was just yeah. sadly shaking my head. The only he's thing not. That, yeah, I don't enjoy his acting. There I are some say, acting powerhouses in this movie. Not, not Ludacris. Him. Yeah. Uh, here's what pissed me off more than anything. Okay. Like, I don't know how to be more frustrated. So he, they come walking out of the restaurant. Uh-huh. And he's like, did you see how she didn't serve us? Yeah. And so he's talking about legit things of racism. Yeah. Like, absolute legit things. Like, they don't get served at the same time. They get looked at differently, acted towards differently. Then there are two white people walking down, Sandy B. Wait, and Brandon so the Frazier. the other two guys, when he, he's like, you know why she didn't serve us? Because she knows that a brother doesn't tip. And then the guy's he's like, like black. She was, yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, but still the same. And he's like, well, so how much money did you leave for it? He's like, I'm not tipping for service like that. Boom. Perpetuating yeah. the. So, uh. so that is like a little part of it. Uh-huh. Right. So that's the beginning. Yeah. And I already, when I was younger, understood there was a problem there. Yeah. Now watching him like that guy is an ass. Yeah. And so as he keeps going, Sandy B and Brandon F, they're walking down. I don't know their actual. Is names that Brandon are. Fraser? Yeah. I thought that was a guy that looked like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, you are horrible with actors and actresses. That's true. So at, they're walking down the street. She hugs his arm, which, again, microaggression. That's a real thing. Like, why do you have to feel unsafe in front of a black person? Hate that. Um, but then Ludacris makes a comment. He's like, did you see what that white woman did? And then the guy's, like, he, like almost oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And Ludacris makes a separate comment of, oh, just because there's two black guys in this neighborhood, she thinks we're going to rob them. And then and what then do they, they do? they rob them. It's like you you cannot be upset. Okay, wait, yep. wait, let me rephrase that. You can be upset at those stereotypes. You can be very upset. You should not perpetuate those things. Yep. It's very hard for me to watch a movie when they're like, man, look at that. Look at how they're acting. And then you do what is causing them to act like that. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay, but Can, we'll, we'll go to the next. We're, so one of my next notes, yeah. um, and it's shortly after that point where I started to realize how the uh, the prejudicial like conversations are yeah. so heavy handed. Like I feel like yeah. what we saw was a twenty four hour like real life period for a lot of these people, but we just saw the racist moments. The only words that like of dialogue that we get a lot of cases mm-hmm. and a lot of cases are just the racist parts. Yeah, I think... So, like, we don't see any of the date with Don Cheadle and Law and Order yeah. Lady. We not Law and Order Lady. We and just see, like, the yeah. end of the sex, and then... He makes that... Dumb he dumb makes dumb racist dumb. comments. He makes racist comments on the phone. He makes racist comments to her. Yeah. Like, we just... We don't see the normal lives that these people are living. And so, all of them just seem like monsters. Yeah, I, which... And I think they deliberately chose the monster. Like, uh, even the Middle Eastern uh, man who owns the shop. They're Persian, if I remember right. They are Persian. Um, and, like, there's all these comments from these white gun store owners and all these things. 
They chose the one that doesn't speak English fluently or well. Uh-huh. And they're like, man, let's let's base this off of him. But racism and like prejudice happens to anyone. Why do you have to choose the extreme? And I think that that's one of my issues. And maybe this is maybe it had to be such an extreme in the 2000s, like in 2005. Now you could easily just put someone on the bus that speaks English and still have racist comments. Yeah, look is yeah. all it would take for us to realize. Oh, that, that's not that's, good. Yeah, yeah. I think the more. So I think the more, maybe not the more interesting conversation, but like, I, okay, so I, my school is like 96% Hispanic. Well, it's like 76% Hispanic. And then the other 20 is, um, African-American yeah. and then, um, Middle Eastern. And then like, we have like single digit percentages of white and then like fractions of percents for like other races. So, I see... On a side note, I'm going to open gum while you're doing this. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Like, I see... A, I'm exposed to a lot of interactions of racism on my campus. Yeah. Um, and from, like, all people directed at all people. And so, the outward aggressive racism is not necessarily a conversation that... I want to keep having. And I know that that's one of the things that like being able to say that and have that attitude puts me into the, the class of privilege and it's unjust. And I get that it's unjust and it shouldn't be unjust, but yeah. Anyway, the work that I would like to have is tackling the sort of micro racism. The everyday stuff. The, yeah, the really subtle things, the, the like, like that she grabbed her husband. Like, that's a more interesting because I don't know that she knew that she did that. Yeah. And the other guy that was with him was like, what? She's cold. And it could be like, so maybe that's how she reacts to just men on the street. Yeah. I've scared a lot of people. You're a scary guy. I, I get it. <laughs> I think. Oh, I did this. So I was in, um, I was in Paris. And it was late at night, and I was walking back from the hostel where Liz was staying to where I was staying, because this was mm-hmm. before we were married. And I'm walking down the street, and it's super late at night, and I'm not really, like, looking where I'm going, but I can hear, like, from the um, the clack of, like, heels that there's a woman on, like, on my side of the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, looking at my phone, like, trying to figure out how to get back. And so the woman, like, Bolts. I don't know, half a block, like, crosses the street, goes and then half a street half a block behind me crosses back and i'm like oh i'm really sorry that i like i did that to you that i inconvenienced you in that way just by being a man late at night like the world sucks if that's how a guy who's from another country lost in a city with the worst street layout i have ever experienced on the flip side hey if you were a creeper she just right, like, did right, it. yeah. But the, that's what I mean. It's like people suck that much. Yeah, that's the conversation I think we need to be having, especially as men, is saying to other men, like, You're acting awful. in a way that yeah. makes the world like this is awful, and that needs to change. So I think I'm a little bit on the other side. Um, oh, we said we weren't going to dive too much into the race. Yeah, talk. we're we're doing it. <laughs> Dang it. Um, so. I just want to talk you, about this as a movie. Yeah. For you, you said, like, you're kind of tired of the conversation. 
because of how heavy-handed and stuff it is. I think for me... In this movie in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I think the heavy-handedness is necessary because it invites people to the table of the topic that they need to talk about. All right. It's an uncomfortable topic to talk about because reality strikes, even the people that fight against it are people that perpetuate it. Like... Yeah, I, every like, now and again... I don't know why. Like, you could... Jake, let's say that you are this golden whatever. Like, you are solid morally in everything, which you're actually really good morally, so Meh. that's cool. And say that you have never had an issue with any other race. There's no problems going on. For some reason, there are things that happen mm-hmm. that, like, maybe you do walk closer to someone. Maybe if someone is dressed like a game, gang member, regardless of race, you're like, I don't want to walk in the same street as you. And that becomes a problem. Because you've excluded them from the table. Yeah. Yeah. Which I... And so movies like this, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Give them a seat. Because now they they have a voice. Like, let's talk about why this is awful. Uh, yeah. But let's go to the movie. Okay. Okay. We've already dove in... Do, div? Dived? Dove? Whatever. We're into the first one. So the movie progresses. It starts out uh, where Don Cheadle... The entire movie starts out, right, with Don Cheadle finding the dead body. They're at this corners thing, uh, the first interaction. Yeah. Well, it starts with the crash yeah. that everything is, like, driving towards. So um, the Asian lady, that she is the one that ties it up at the end. Do we, yeah, do we need to unravel the whole plot for this thing? Cause Let's take it scene by scene. I like, would please. rather not. I would rather just talk about memorable scenes right, individually. I mean, because... Unraveling the knot of this plot would take us 20 minutes in and of itself. But it makes a perfect circle when it's done. Yes, it does. So if you want to know what happens in this movie, read it online. It'll be faster and it'll make more sense than us trying to fumble our way through it. So instead, let's just talk about scenes that really stood out. The one that stands out the absolute most to me, I almost turned this off. There's a scene where something happens, and if it had happened a different way, I would have just been like, out. Okay. Do you know what it is? No, because you were the only one in the room that thought that. <laughs> Michael Pena and his daughter, like oh, after they shot? have that super cute scene where he like gives her the imaginary like bulletproof she gets uh, shot. cloak. I was like, as soon as he did that, I was like, oh no, she's going to like, well, in this day and age, I'm thinking like there's going to be a school shooter and she's going to think she's bulletproof and try to take him down and then she's going to get shot and then it's going to be tragic mm. and almost like through a crazy like, but who did they choose roundabout what way? What ethnicity to do this? Uh, the Persian guy. Ah, pisses me off. So yeah, so the Persian guy, due to things, yeah. has a beef with Michael Pena's character. Yep. And comes to his like follows him home to mm-hmm. his house. Well, and, di- digs through the trash to find. Oh his yeah, address. to find yeah. the address. And then he pulls out the gun that he buys at the beginning of the movie with the this inconspicuous red box that his daughter picked of bullets. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I'm done. I want anyway, to tell you about that. So, um, so he pulls the gun on him, and his daughter is freaking out because he doesn't have the cloak on. She's got the cloak, and it's an imaginary cloak. And so she runs out and, like, jumps into his arms, and I think the startling of having something jump in front of him makes the guy, the Persian guy, pull the trigger, mm-hmm. and you hear the gun go off. And in that moment, I was like, if this sweet little girl is dead, yeah, I am so pissed. I would have still been in it, but can we talk about how amazing, like, 
we rarely talk about cinematography. Uh-huh. Like, immediately, sound cuts out, ringing from the bullet, and then music starts as he's screaming. Yeah. That was a cool scene. No, it's a really, really well done scene. Yeah. Easily the most memorable scene for me. But I was... Is it because you're in talks with Liz uh, about having kids? Uh, I mean, that's... I, I don't know if that's, like, direct... That's true, it is. but it's not directly related, now it is, I don't man. think. I don't know. Uh, I think... So, let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. She buys the gun and the bullets. Yeah. Okay? One, I don't know where the hell they are. Where they can... Like, there are states you can buy a gun and walk out like that. Uh-huh. It's weird that it just so happens to be that state that they're in for this movie. What state are they in? I don't know. There's a select few states where you can buy a gun. Isn't that... Cal- it's California because there's a movie. The guy's in Hollywood, isn't he? Well, then how they bought the gun is unrealistic because yeah. you need a lot to Maybe go it's through. Georgia. There's a lot of movie sets in Georgia, too. Who knows? Um, so they... Um, whatever. They buy the gun. I don't know. They probably talk about it. They Oh, they do talk about it when they are robbing... Um, Brandon F. and uh, mm-hmm. Sandra B. I don't remember. They said, like, oh, we're in this well-lit area of... Enter the blank there. Um, and oh, it's right. L.A. L.A. It's okay. for sure L.A. Then you for sure can't buy a gun like that. You cannot Could you have in 2005? No. No. No, no, no. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Well, it looked like it was a super sketchy pawn shop. Yeah, which is fine. So um, she goes in. They buy a gun, which is crazy. Uh, he makes racist comments. Now, let's let's look back and understand that... Four years prior to that, 9-11 happened. Yeah. So I, in that kind of a thing, I, I don't understand why he makes comments like that. However, I also understand why we have those idiotic white people that make comments like that. I think a lot of people in America don't understand how culturally diverse the Middle East is. Okay, let's talk about that, too, for a second. I was in the Middle East, uh-huh. and they for sure, if you walk with someone of one of the cultures, uh-huh. can point out everyone else. Yeah. Just based on how they dress, yeah, which is nuts. I've got two friends. One yeah. of them grew up in Lebanon. The other grew up in Iraq. They both speak Arabic. They will tell me I speak yeah. Arabic. And when they talk to it, like when Dialects one of them, right? yeah, one of yeah. them, I've been at the house and my one friend, it's his house and he's talking to his mom and they're the ones that are from Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my other friend, what are they saying? He's like, I can make out like every like third word. Yeah. What? Then you're not both speaking Arabic. I mean, you are, but like yeah. the yeah, the dialects are so, so like when totally we go different. To Scotland, I can't pick up. Oh, crap. that's so true. Yeah, I mean, even in like New York, I think I would have trouble. Yeah, or anywhere <laughs> in the South. I, don't you just want to oh, put a circle on a map around the South and be like, do we need that? <laughs> <laughs> my, so my sister is getting married to a guy um, who's born and raised in Nashville. Well, outside of Nashville, in. Tullahoma, but that's not how you pronounce it. It's like Tuloma or something. Yeah, stupid. Anyway, yeah. Um, and he has the best, like, cadence when he talks. It's just, like, kind of slow and straightforward and not dumb in any way, but it's it has like, this, like, real sharp wit to it. And it's... I, I just love hanging out with him oh, because of it. So we... They go, they buy a gun there. That's not how you buy a gun. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh wow. We I got way off. So I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I followed you. Um, sometimes when you go off track, I just kind of it's like you grab my hand. You're like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> um, so we um, see that she also is like, oh, I need a box of bullets for it. Yeah. Okay. Here's the issue. The gun owner is obviously a dick, but then mm-hmm. he he's like, what do you, what do you want? Hollow points, narrow points, flatheads, whatever. Um, I get. I understand. I used to own guns. I get that there's all those different kinds. Then she says, I'll take the ones in the red box. Two things get um, 
get bypassed. One, if she didn't know what kind of bullets she needed for the gun, she just said, I'll take the ones in the red box. We have to assume, like, man, how would she even have known that was the right one? Who knows? Two, they were blanks. They said blank on the box. But we didn't know that until... Which is solid, because then the gun owner looks back and is like, do you know what those are? Yeah. That's not a real thing. Uh, That's not how... So that part bothered me in that whole scene. (laughs) Um, This is like whenever they use the wrong type of animal in a movie, it really bothers me. Oh, that's something that's not indigenous to that? Well, that or I was watching a show once, and it's supposed to be a type of beetle was supposed mm-hmm. to be the thing and to use the, as this beetle they used like cockroaches that they had like painted on and i was like no 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 those are that uh, beetles have a distinct hard shell they have two wings underneath that hard shell that hard shell is itself modified wings cockroaches have wings that all just kind of stack on top of each other it's a totally different can we talk totally how crappy different. of a job someone had to pick up a cockroach and paint it they're actually i've held like big like hissing cockroaches before they're fine it's the little ones that get me because they crawl quick and they run away yeah yeah and they're gross also i'm a pretty big guy i don't want to be overtaken by something so small it would take a lot of them fat joke (laughs) (laughs) let's Um, get back to this movie i think another one that stands out to me is um so this is the first entrance of michael pena uh, wait, is it the first one? Might be the first one. Let's hope. Um, if not, I'm wrong. The first time is when he's with his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he comes home late and she's awake because of the... Okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Sandra Bullock, Brandon Fraser, whatever their character's names, they go home. He's this, like, state governor running for real. Oh, no, you're right. DA. That is the first time we see him. Okay. So they are um, at... They're at home and... Michael Pena's character goes there, and he's changed. He's a locksmith, and he's changed, which is a hard job, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, and he's like changing the locks on the entire house because mm-hmm. they've just been robbed at gunpoint by Ludacris and the other mm-hmm. guy. So, understandably, they're upset. Plus, there could have been keys to the house in the car. I get it. Whatever. She is horrible. She is an awful character. Like, Sandra Bullock is a dope actress in every movie she's ever in except this one she's a horrible woman well yes but that's the character she's supposed to be portraying so one of my notes is like man how many movies can sandra bullock carry through just brute force talented acting like how many times is she going to be an asshole first question a lot do you think that the blind side was sandra bullock like trying to karmically make up for her character in this movie I think they were like, hey, be comically, like, be funny. And she was like, I'll give it my best try. And they came out with Blindside. <laughs> and it was like, that's not funny. And they're like, that's all I got. All right, put me in, coach. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, but so in that um, exchange, the Brandon Fraser's like, no, we're not changing the locks. You're just like in a frantic panic right now. Mm-hmm. And she freaks out and is like, you are not effing listening to me. I want you to change the locks because I don't want that gang member hoodlum to sell our key. My favorite is that Brandon Fraser has the most redeeming moment, but also is like a douchebag later on. But he has a redeeming moment where he's like, what, that kid? Solid moment. He slipped that little line in there. It was like he didn't see 
any of the tattoos that color anything. He was like, what, that kid? Mm. Also, that guy's probably the same age anyways. Um, and then there's this cool moment where Michael Pena walks over to the counter and hands her all the keys and, is, and just stares at her. And she finally realizes, like, man, I'm a jerk. He hurt yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so way at the end of this movie, I'm jumping ahead on my notes. I have That's fine. something to say about, like, the middle of the movie, but I want to jump to the end first. Um, so when Ludacris is on the bus and he's, it's panning across all the people on the bus cause he has to take a bus home. Um, everyone on the bus is not white. And I think it's just going with what he said yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at that point I wrote, what a downer. People are not redeemable in this movie. Nope. Not a one. Um, and then <laughs> my second to last note is this one does not spark joy. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You know, I've thought about riding the bus. Save money on gas. Like, the environment. Yeah. I also don't know how to find out what bus I need to take. Or where so, to buy a bus pass. There was, I had a lot of experience with this in college, because uh-huh. the San Luis Obispo bus, if you have a um, student ID, you get on for free. Oh, dope. Which is really cool. Yeah. So you can get basically everywhere. So I rode the bus a lot to get to campus, because two of the bus stops, like four of the bus stops were just on campus. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's my experience with the bus. And so when he said the line about, like, the bus, I was like, that's not true. And then I had to realize, no, no, that's because everybody on those buses was white students at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Which is unfortunately one of the least diverse campuses. Yeah. It's, anyway. But, uh, so, um, one of my least favorite parts of this movie? Sure. The Asian man. Yeah, who gets hit? Yeah, so he... There, this movie was very sneaky. This Asian guy gets hit by the Lincoln Navigator that is stolen by Ludacris and his counterpart, or uh-huh. whatever that guy is. Uh-huh. Hits him, drags him a little bit. They th- just throw him at a hospital and drive yeah. off. They pull him out, put him in the car, throw him, which ruins the car. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, he's in the hospital. Earlier, it showed him at dinner. He got a check for a van. No one knows what for. His wife, later on in the back end of the movie, um, sees him in the hospital i forget his name yeah uh and he hands her the check and it's a huge amount yeah here's the problem he got that and got hit this movie is all about karma yeah he got hit because he got paid because he stole a butt ton of taiwanese immigrants yep to sell them as slaves yep that is the freaking worst yeah, every single character in this movie, everyone who's a victim at any point... Is also is a dick. also, yeah. With the yeah. one exception of Don Cheadle's little brother. I mean, he, he's a criminal. He just acted like a dick. But yeah, he had no karma. No. He just... He for sure he got just, shot. Just got shot. Because... Okay, here's a weird thing. Uh-huh. I don't care who's sitting in my passenger seat. Uh-huh. It could be... Anyone that I don't know uh-huh. starts reaching for something, and I'm a cop, and I know what could happen in that situation. Oh, yeah. That, like, it could be any color of the rainbow. You are going to get pulled. Like, I'm going to pull a gun out. So this kind of goes back to what some of the stuff we talked about during the Green Street Hooligans episode. Yeah. If Don Cheadle's little brother's character had just, like... Said, 
I have a thing to put on the Spoken in a way. If he had just said, like, oh, no, it's funny because we have the same thing. Let me show you. Let me reach slowly because I... Well, he didn't know he was a cop, but... But even just say, like, hey, I have that yeah, in my pocket. Yeah, but no, he's in the car. He's frustrated, so he's already, like, ready to start this, yeah. like, confrontation. I'm, I started that word trying to say conflict, yeah. and then ended with confrontation. Yeah, confrontation. Oh, so then he reaches in his pocket and pulls out the thing, and it and then gets shot for it. He doesn't even get it out of his pocket. That's the problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and gets shot. And yeah. then the cop... Yep. Like, he didn't have any Who's problems. one character that you're, like, the whole time you're, like, this guy's, guy. like, morally okay. Nope. Well, okay. Real quick, I don't think that makes him morally unokay. However, it does speak to what his fear was about. I don't yes. think he messes with morals because I think he but was I, panic. I think the thing that makes him morally not okay starts earlier and we get to see it again here. Oh, okay. When he's Favorite. not willing to stand up yeah. for what happened, truthfully. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was Even so though it's gonna be like mean that his life is difficult because now this police chief is actively against him. Like, I believe that you stand up for what is right, even if it Always. costs you your job, your job. Yeah. Even safety, and yeah, that's easy for me to say because of where I'm at. But yeah. I think that was so that cop you made mention, like he just stood there and watched. So earlier in the movie. Um, he is partners with a awful, awful racist cop who's played by... I have no idea that guy's name, but he's in other stuff, and he's also a really well... He's a really good actor at acting like that kind of a jerk. Yeah. Also. Uh, pulls over um, a guy and a girl. One's a director who is... Um, holy crap, he plays an empire. He's the head guy. I don't know. Uh, it'll come to me. It's not Cuba Gooding Jr. How? No. That was the first one that popped into my head. Oh, okay. But it's not it. It's like, he's not even in that show. But that was because it went Don Cheadle, and I was thinking of uh, Iron Man. And, and just kind of slowly just trickled kinda, down Yeah, trickled back to, anyway. So, I don't remember his name. Uh, Terrence. Uh, Terrence Howard? There we go. Mm, you might want to look that up. I'm going to. like. I, I think it is Terrence Howard. Do you want to know how I know it's Terrence Howard? In Parks and Rec, Donna's like, I'm a pre- I'm prepared to spend a half <laughs> yeah. the amount for Terrence Howard's tank top. Uh, um, it is Terrence Howard. Sweet. So he is married to this girl. He's a director. And he has, what's crazy is like, they they he is African-American, yes, mm-hmm. in this movie? In real life, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um. Wait, I mean, he might. I don't, I, I don't he know. might be from Barbados. They for sure call him African. They call him black. Yeah. In this movie, I don't know what his actual ethnicity is. So he um, gets pulled over, but he is interesting because he is not like Ludacris and his friend. He's a director, like a well-paid director, mm-hmm. and his wife, and like you can tell by how they're dressed, they're well-paid, the car they drive, all these things. Um, he. Uh, get pulled over. Him and his wife get pulled out of the car because the white cop is a dick. He is searching for stuff on them and feels up the guy's wife in the most inappropriate Oh manner. my gosh. Not searching for anything, just being a disgusting cop. Yep. The other cop stands there, says nothing. Here's what is interesting about that. Well, one, nothing, because that's awful. And in, Most cops that I've ever dealt with are not the nicest people. My only note for that scene is just like, just plain and simple, just disgusting. And then after it happens, I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I guess racism is disgusting. So yes. Welcome. Welcome to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. And 
the only reason why those two characters are most memorable because they're carried through and it screws up their life because this same character now has a problem with his wife because she like is like oh yes mass like making well, yeah. horrible racist comments to him it's like that whole scene like he couldn't have done anything differently and he had that shot work on site. well yeah, yeah. So and I get that, but I also understand, like, she went through a lot of hurt right there. Yeah. So, of course, she's lashing out the way she is. Hurt because people hurt people. Yeah, yeah, you said it this time. So, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's like one of those stupid things that you say, like, you got to feel what you feel when you feel it, and don't feel what you don't feel when you don't feel it. I so think I agree things. with that. Yeah. So she is feeling hurt. She <laughs> dishes out hurt. Yeah. That's what people do. Yep but does it in such a harsh way where she's like destroying his character and days go by where they don't talk. He almost gets robbed by the other black guys. But before that, she shows Rub. up at the set and he's like, and still messed she up. does the right thing by going and saying like, look, I'm sorry for those things that I said. I was really, really hurt. You didn't do anything. I need you to do something, but I understand yeah. like you couldn't have done anything. And in that moment where they could have reconciled, he just showed us that, again, people are awful in this uh, whoa, movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because I am, I identify as an eight on the Enneagram. You're going to challenge that? I can tell you that sometimes time isn't enough. There are other things that have to be redeemed. Time is not enough. Time does not warrant forgiveness. For her or for him? For him. He is a hardcore eight in that moment, or an unhealthy eight. But he, she went to him, and she sought him out, and she apologized for the right. way that she acted. But he wasn't ready. Just because someone else apologized doesn't warrant an apology. But he doesn't even say anything. He says, like, go home. Because he's hurt. We experience hurt too, Jake. Yeah, do you? You, yeah. Got, you got all that shell. How does any hurt get in? Sometimes people <laughs> say the right things. And then that shell just becomes harder and thicker. Yeah. Uh, and then I patch up where they got in. I'm like, no one will ever get in. Not through there. Yeah. Um, so uh, they, yeah, they keep going through. And then the cop that molested her or did whatever, same, same. whatever you, sexual assault. Yeah, yeah sexual assault. Um, is the same cop that has to save her. Yeah. And I, so oh, I had her reaction in that scene. I was like, like, let me yeah, die. Yeah. yeah. She's Which, like, get away from me. Yeah. And he finally, the most redeeming quality of this guy was like, lady, shut the hell up. I'm going to save you. Yeah. It was an amazing moment. And it was like, cool. You kind of redeemed yourself. However, this is awful. Still, yep. you got to fix this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then at the end, he almost gets mugged by, uh, the two ludicrous and his friend. Yeah. And, is just so fed up that he's like, Suicide shoot me, let's do this, yep. shoot me. He grabs the gun and I was just like, oh, you are the biggest, dumbest idiot in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that was my favorite moment because it showed Ludacris, hey, I don't need to play into this. Hey, I can be different. I guess and that's showed, true. That was the redeeming moment for Ludacris's character. That the was the continuation moment, yeah. of his arc. He for sure is an awful character in this movie, in most movies, but this one especially. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I honestly, this movie is a roller coaster of things. There, this movie, why it got a nine from me. So it, very few movies will ever get a ten from me. But <laughs> Wait, I just found a note. Did you? That little girl got shot. No, no. Now I'm livid. Period. Red box blanks. Cheap trick. Okay. Like. So what I a cheap trick. What I do is like I'll make like a note, and if I want to make a note about that note, I just write it again on the same line. So I know that like the first part was like through livid. Like that's those are my emotions right then. Yeah. And then they finish the scene, and I put the pieces together, and I was like, ah, it's a cheap trick. 
I knew she wasn't going to die there, even when I first saw the movie, because prior to that, when she puts on the, like, mm-hmm. invisible thing, she's like, I heard gunshots, and he's like, no, 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 that's why we moved out of the other neighborhood. They're not going to kill off that character. See, I thought... They would have killed off him. I thought they were giving us... Well, yeah, actually, as soon as that scene shows up, yeah. at the very beginning, it's like... Oh, he took man. off his invisible cloak. Literally. My notes go from, man, these two are so cute. Where is it? Uh, da, da, da. Michael Pena and daughter, so cute. Like, the next line is, if Michael Pena dies, I'm going to be so pissed. Actually, it would have been a, a sweet... None of the main characters die. Let's talk about that. Sure. One one side character of Ludacris, he dies. He's spoiler. a main character. I know. Do I say spoiler alert? It's 2005. You haven't seen it. It's 14 years old. Chill out. We should probably just put it in our description. Like, like spoilers. spoilers for now. We spoil on. forever, always. Yeah. So, um, he dies. I mean, he is a main character, but also he's like the side main character. He's like a B character. Let's call him that. Mm-hmm. Um... This the movie like back to the thing like why it got a nine for me is because maybe this will bring you up to at least an eight. Okay. This is right here. This movie is so seamless in how it connects everything and fills it out that the lady that is on the phone mm-hmm. when the crooked cop calls about his father who is in pain for his prostate is like in the because last scene? she is horrible. Well, he's horrible to her, but because she is also horrible back. Yeah. The last scene, she gets in a car accident, and there's racist comments between them two. Yes. That's why it got a nine. It's like they are so seamless in everything they do that everything got tied up. The way every scene is constructed to flow together and tell all these Beautiful. stories, I do really like that part. Which is why I think like I gave it a seven is because I understand that this is a good movie. Yeah. That it's well constructed. What I do not like about this movie. And this is where I'm going to go. Okay, you talk about this. Okay. I want to get you to an eight. Okay. Uh, so what I don't like about this movie is it is not subtle. It doesn't, like, in any way. Okay. I don't think. And I have a, an issue with, like, if a movie's going to make me think, I want to be able to have the time to think. I don't want to be constantly bombarded with everything I should be thinking about what I'm seeing. Okay. And that's why I feel like this was with all, right, all of the you. constant heavy-handed racism. The reason you are bombarded is because you don't experience this on a daily basis. Is that it what is, is it? Heavy-handed. Okay. Because you and I, okay. as white males, and maybe that's what I needed to hear. Unless it is here. Here's a crazy thing. Okay. If you go into downtown LA or whatever, I don't know wherever you go in a, in a bad part of town that you're like, man, I don't feel comfortable there. Okay. You don't experience the subtleties. Because the subtleties don't happen to you. You're the mm. one that are enacting the subtleties. The only way that we can see racism and actually experience it and kind of like process it is if it's huge. We don't talk about it until uh, someone gets shot and killed by a cop. Because we don't deal with it on a daily basis. Subtlety doesn't work for us anymore. We've, we missed uh. out on our opportunity for subtlety to work. So now you have like the political correctness, the social yeah. climate's changing to finally be like, white people look at what's happening so i agree with you i understand all that now i didn't get that before you just want it to be an eight yeah for sure or just move up one or a half um so i I could maybe give it a seven plus one i hate you (laughs) (laughs) no uh i think though we hate when things are heavy-handed we don't know the social maybe this movie needed to be When's the last time you walked down a street and someone grabbed the arm of their man beside them? My wife does it all the time just because she loves me. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, on the other hand, I get weirder ones. So I have a beard. Uh I'm a big guy. Uh When I'm by myself, I usually have, like, I dress, I don't dress 
like grungy or anything, but I have a backwards hat on sometimes. Or I'll, I have had moms grab their daughter or son's hand around me. That one pisses me off. Because, Jake, you know my career. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. work with kids yep. nonstop. Yep. And we're not talking about, like, oh, I work with one or two kids. No, no. I've seen hundreds come through. Yep. And so it's like, if only those people knew. Which, you work at a youth ministry, not like a child slavery Oh, den. yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah, I'm not selling kids. <laughs> no. Just so we're clear. Like, I work, <laughs> I work and I, like, am constantly working with yeah. kids in a context of other workers around yeah. me and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so I have a note here that says this movie won an Academy Award as a best question picture. Mark. It won Best Picture the year that it was at. Yeah. And so I was like, no way. No way was this the best movie of 2005. So I did some research. It and sure was. 2005 was a rough year for movies. Can we talk? Yeah, and we went through the Best Pictures, and this was on there, and I, oh. I remember talking about it, and I was like, Jake, I love this movie. So yeah. some of the other movies that were nominated... I think the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> that movie sucked. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, Capote. Good Night and Good Luck and Munich were the other movies. Ooh, Munich should have taken it. I haven't seen any of those. So I was like. Are you not alive in 2005? Well, this What's is the thing. On? Like, that was around the time where I started, like, constantly watching movies. So I was very confused as to how I'd never seen any of these. So then I went back and, like, looked at, like, the top, like, box office hits for that year. Yeah. And, like, number one is, like, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Not, not, not the first Pirates of the Caribbean, one like of the bad three, ones. Yeah. yeah. So other movies that I had seen on that list were Batman Begins, Walk the Line, Coach Carter. And at that point, I just wrote, wow, this is a rough year for movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, the year prior, you had movies like Passion of the Christ come out, which is a huge box office hit. Yeah. I didn't really dig it as a movie. Uh, you had movies I, like Step Brothers come out. Huh? Yeah. Wait, wait, no, no. Well, okay. That was 2008. Oh. Anchorman was 2004. Oh, okay. Dodgeball was 2004. You had heavy hitters come out the year before. Yeah. And so, it doesn't surprise me that these movies sucked. Yeah. I wouldn't say they sucked. I think Munich was a good movie. I mean, we'll talk about that later on, but... Well, like, the 90s had a three-year period where there was, like... Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, like yeah. just huge, massive cinematic like masterpieces. I think that happened in the 2000s. You might have just find the Not one. Not 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one lull year. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of ready to rate this. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I'd give it a great. I will give it a great as well. I, I think- this is one of those absolutely go watch this. Yeah. Though it's heavy-handed, it's extremely heavy-handed if you don't experience it, but if you do experience it, yeah. you might be like, okay, I've experienced yeah. it way more subtle than that. Yeah. So... Our next movie is going to be a lot lighter. Well, let's talk... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In 2004, you know what also came out? What? Napoleon Dynamite. You know what movie we should have done this week? <laughs> was it 2004? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. Jake, so what's the reason... Because last week we did talk about how we were going to do Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why we didn't. Because this is a pretty... Ridiculous one. I witnessed a car crash and thought, you like know what I need TV to do? I need to watch Crash. Yeah. And so I get it. And like, whatever. Sometimes I kind of just go with what Jake says. So he'll call me and be like, hey, change of plans. I saw a car crash. I'm like, oh, oh my God, are you in it? And he's let's like, watch you know, Crash. Let's watch Crash. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen you it? You know it'd be better? No. Yeah, let's watch that. And I don't know if you guys know this. There's only um, no scenes of car crashes in Napoleon Dynamite. So, there's one... Oh, he crashed into a grapefruit. I was going to say, oh. what? Yeah. 
Grapefruit hits his windshield. Oh, yeah. That's a grapefruit in that scene? I don't think I ever noticed that. I don't know. So, here's what's going to happen. Jake was so excited, Mm -hmm. because next week is the lighter one, Mm because guess what we're going to talk about? Napoleon Dynamite. Hey, yo! We're finally getting to it. We're excited. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I give this movie a solid nine. What what number are you at? Seven plus one. Okay, so an eight. Um, A seven plus one. Yeah, seven plus one. Uh, But yes, this movie's a great... I think you guys... Anyone should go see this. Yeah, I... Especially now. Definitely, if you're the kind of person who's thinking, like, man, there's, like, just so much conversation about race in the world right now, and I'm just over it, you are exactly the kind of person who needs to watch this movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I... Can we talk about the people that are saying, like, man, I'm just over it? Those are the people that I'm not a big fan of, because, like, you're over it? I'm sorry that you're over that something as horrible as racism that's happening all the time awful people um mm-hmm. yeah so i'm abe i'm jake and this was crash but what do we know but what do we know we'll come back next week for napoleon dynamite guys 